0: It's time for Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin BYU Sports
1: Network. Now let's join your host, Ben Bagley. Welcome into Cougar Postgame Live. Let's get your reaction to tonight's 35-31 BYU win over USC. chime in on Twitter, tweet at me at ben bags we'll read some of your tweets coming up in the third segment of the show but you can send me your comments your reaction your thoughts uh at ben bags on twitter and we will read those coming up in just a moment but first, taking a look at a couple of the heroes from tonight's game, three in mind for myself, Tyler Algier, obvious one there, 111 yards for Tyler Algier, just a workhorse. And as he has for much of this season, put this team on his back and ran the ball. There's a couple of times where BYU well, kind of went away from Tyler when he was rolling and it was just like, shoulders like, hey, you got a guy that's carrying it. He's a beast. He's getting your first downs when you need them, getting the things you need. Feed him the ball, but Tyler beat up and just beat down USC in the victory. Two TDs for Tyler Algier on the night. But when Tyler Algier, at the end of the game in that fourth quarter, got a little bit banged up and came out, Jackson McChesney came in. And the running game didn't miss a beat. It's kind of weird to say a guy who had three carries and 17 yards had such a factor in that game. But in that fourth quarter when BYU was trailing, they need the Cougars needed someone to step up and step in and make some big plays. Jackson McChesney comes in, three carries, 17 yards, a touchdown, and that last the last run, five-yard run for a touchdown. Jackson McChesney, straight ahead, running guys over into the end zone. Very Tyler Algier-esque if you want to, if you want to go that what direction. But he really got the job done coming in in a tough spot. So uh Jackson McChesney. And then finally, Caleb Hayes. So good, not just all night long, but especially in that last drive when USC's taking shots three different times. Hayes was on coverage three different times, very tight on his guy. uh, In the past past game, Caleb Hayes, a great job. In fact, at the end of the game, ESPN had a shot of Caleb Hayes in the back of the end zone, bowing to the crowd. You're in L.A., you're in Hollywood, young man. You play like that in the fourth quarter. Go ahead, take your curtain call, bow, and get your accolades. Well done, Caleb Hayes. Nice job by those three guys, those three players for BYU football tonight as BYU gets the win over USA USC. Fans, remember when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50 at PapaJohns.com this coming Monday and receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah location Monday only. Pizza's good. Half price pizza, it's better. Coming up, we'll update you on the day in college football as well as the day in BYU sports as it was another Super Saturday. BYU gets their 10th win of the season, 35 31 over USC. This is Cougar Post Game Live. It continues next on the new skin BYU Sports Network.
0: This is Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back to our BYU radio uh, studios. BYU gets the win 35-31 over USC. It's time for our scoreboard segment. No loss November. It's complete for BYU. No BYU team lost in head-to-head competition for the entire month of November. Think about that for a second, folks. One entire calendar month where no Cougar fan went home sad at the end of the day. That's a good day to be a Cougar, a good month to be a Cougar. Here's just some updates from what happened today on a Super Saturday in BYU Sports. Earlier today, the BYU women's basketball team moved to 7-0 on the season, beating 22nd-ranked West Virginia 58-57, winning the St. Pete Showcase. Shaley Gonzalez led the Cougars with 20 points and 6 rebounds. BYU should see themselves ranked come next week after knocking off 17th-ranked Florida State and 22nd-ranked West Virginia in back-to-back games. We mentioned it earlier today in the broadcast women's soccer team advanced to the college college cup uh, with a 4-1 win over Santa Cla- or not Santa Clara South Carolina. BYU got two goals apiece from seniors McKaylee Moore and Michaela Coulihan. Congratulations to the women's soccer team headed to the final four. 18th ranked BYU basketball beat Utah at the Huntsman Center in Salt Lake to remain undefeated 75-64 to Tejon, Lu- Tejon Lucas. Led the Cougars with 18 points on 8 of 10 shooting. Alex Barcelo had 17. BYU moves to 6-0 on the season. Taking a look at the college football scoreboard, crazy day in the top 25. Top-ranked Georgia finished the season undefeated with a 45-0 beatdown of Georgia Tech. Fifth-ranked Michigan versus Ohio State in the game. And for a spot in the, in the Big, 12 ch- or Big Ten Championship, Michigan owns Ohio State 42-27, took four overtimes for third-ranked Alabama to beat Auburn in the Iron Bowl, 24-22. Sixth-ranked Notre Dame beats Stanford, 45-14. Seventh-ranked Oklahoma State comes from behind to beat 10th-ranked Oklahoma, 37-33 in the Bedlam series. Eighth-ranked Baylor beats Texas Tech, 27-24. Baylor and Oklahoma State will meet this uh, next week in the Big 12 Championship. Eleventh-ranked Oregon beats Oregon State 38 to 29. Twelfth-ranked Michigan State beats Penn State 30 to 27. Minnesota update upsets 14th-ranked Wisconsin 23 to 13. LSU upsets 15th-ranked Texas A&M 27-24. 17th-ranked Pitt beats Syracuse 31 to 12. 18th-ranked Wake Forest gets a, the win 41 to 10 over Boston College. 22nd-ranked UTSA sees their undefeated season go by the wayside as they fall 45 to 23 at North Texas. 23rd ranked Clemson shuts out South Carolina 30 to nothing, and 24th ranked Houston beats Yukon 45-17. We'll have some more Cougar post-game live coming up after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's rejoin Ben Bagley for more Cougar Post Game Live on the New
1: Skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Post Game Live. My name is Ben Bagley. You can tweet at me at Ben Bags. We'll read some of your tweets in just a second. Just a couple of recap here: uh, what the win means for BYU, a ten and two regular season for BYU, six and one versus Power Five teams, five and zero versus Pac twelve teams. BYU ranked 13th currently in the college football playoff rankings we'll see how that stands coming up on Tuesday when the rankings the new rankings are released and then we have to wait and see what happens next week on championship Saturday when and then when the final rankings come out BYU it's kind of in that uh, weird situation they're right there on the edge maybe a foot in the door trying to get into the New Year's six uh bowls. Uh, outside shot at best right now for BYU, but still it's be interesting to see what happens because there is a possibility that the BYU the, the Independence Bowl, which they're slotted for right now, it may go to a different bowl with a 10 and two record. It may behoove ESPN to put them in a better matchup of a game if they don't make the college football playoff I have to wait and see how some things uh, play out next weekend. It's a couple of things didn't go well for BYU when you're looking when you're scoreboard watching today. But BYU did get the win. That's important. 10-2, an amazing regular season. By the way, combined last season to th- this season at this point, BYU 22-3 in the past two years, that's nothing to sneeze about. That's, that's, that's really impressive. Uh, let's go to Twitter for a couple things. This coming in from a couple guys in national media. At Andy Staples from The Athletic says, BYU, the real PAX 12 South champs. BYU fans appreciate that, Andy Staples. Yes, they do. Uh, John Wilner, uh, uh, an avid tweeter about BYU and the Pac-12. people uh, BYU fans out there get my sarcasm, I think. Uh, he tweets out, BYU's beaten USC to complete the super sweep. 5-0 and versus Pac-12 in football, 2-0 and versus Pac-12 in basketball, 7-0 and overall, and bragging rights for eternity. John Wilner weighing in. Uh, this coming in from McRoberts ninety one, a BYU fan. He tweets at Ben Bags. A nerve wracking win, but a win nonetheless. As all year, as all year, defense wasn't the best, but came up big when it needed to. An incredible season. Great day to be a Cougar fan. Uh, and he's right. We talked about with Caleb Hayes in in that final drive. Uh, really, kind of showing up and showing out uh three times they were t- they test him coming down on that final drive uh, for usc and three times he came up big in coverage at big uncle Pooh weighs in an ugly win is still a win 10 and 2 on the year feels good with that schedule uh no doubt about it Cooper chaps tweets how about the heart of this byu football squad Banged up. Next man up. Running defenders over. McChesney TD. Algiers third down conversion. hooker, picking up that loose ball. Caleb Hayes D. Love this BYU squad. Uh, you know what? That was interesting. it was almost at one point I turned to the producers, uh, the the programmer. I'm like, man, is anybody gonna get out of this game healthy or alive? Because BYU fans, BYU players, right and left, getting injured. But next man up. Guys stepped up when they needed, uh, and BYU gets the victory. Uh, De- uh down on Twitter, the understatement of the season. Tyler Algier is an absolute unit. He is. He just that guy just goes out and gets the job done. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Catherine Woodruff, do you think players are being given adequate time to recover from injuries? Yeah, it's football. That's what they do. The nice thing is, is even with the banged banged up players from tonight, they're gonna have at least three weeks to pre- to get healthy. For the bowl game. So, thanks for sending in your tweets. Appreciate them. BYU gets the win tonight. 31. 35-31 over USC. Gets their 10th win on the season. Looking back on an amazing regular season as BYU on a tough schedule. One of the toughest schedules they've had in years. Still getting 10 wins. A marvelous season, and congratulations to this BYU football team and head coach Kalani Satake and his staff. That's going to do it for Cougar Post Game Live. Your final score, 35-31, BYU over USC. The Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show is next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skid BYU Sports Network our coverage continues with the Big O Tires Cougar locker room show Stop by local Big O Tires for no credit needed financing Big O Tires the team you trust Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson along with the voice of the Cougars Greg Rubel
2: Welcome back to Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, site of BYU's 35-31 victory over the USC Trojans. As soon as we have post-game content for you in the form of coach and player interviews, we'll bring those to you to the best of our ability, hoping our connection is solid and strong from deep inside the tunnel and we get a solid uh, podium level for you from there. But we'll do the best we can to get uh, coaches and players' comments to you, however Uh, were able to manage that. BYU comes back to win this one by a final score of 35-31. Just the second time this year that BYU's had to have a comeback score in the fourth quarter to win. They uh, trailed after three quarters against Virginia, came back and won that one. Uh, Kalani Sitaki, by the way, just now making his way off the field. (laughs) He's been out there for quite a while. But uh, the fans lining the tunnel here at USC and so we know that Kalani is still probably a couple minutes away as he's just barely now uh, getting off the field but uh, whether it was BYU scoring touchdowns or the fans encouraging the Cougars on uh, you know drives after USC took a lead Riley so good to hear Cougar Nation turning out the way it did Um, always so gratifying even though it's never surprising Uh, we also never want to take it for granted that BYU draws like this away from home.
3: Never take it for granted, especially when you come into the home of one of the uh, premier, quote-unquote, I'm doing air quotes for those who can't see me. I know it's not the most <laughs> effective tactic on radio, but national brands uh, to have your fans show up the way they did in their house and support your team on a victory where it was needed. There was a point there where uh, the they were coming into the east end zone, and that's where the, the visitors' tickets are sold here in the Coliseum. And uh, you know, Kalani and his players were asking the fans to get up, and they all rose up in this end zone and and created some confusion, caused USC to call to call a timeout. So, um, I mean, we all know the direction this program is is trending. going into a p5 it's a true national brand it's a they compete at the highest level the fan base is one of the elite fan bases in the country and uh man it's been it's always been great to be a cougar but now it's especially a great time
2: what did you like most about uh, tonight's win
3: you know i liked the i've been fixated on caleb hayes they continued to Mm. go after him gary bryant jr they picked on that one-on-one matchup time and time and time again and Not only was he, especially, there was three in the fourth quarter, one-on-one matchups, and he was able, one was a legitimate pass breakup. Uh, One was probably, it was closely contested. Um, You know, Bryant wasn't able to haul in the catch. And then, of course, that last play where he did catch the ball, but Hayes was right there to stop him for no gain and short of the line. Uh, But it's those type of matchups where your manhood, your skill set is being challenged, and you continue to rise and rise and rise to the occasion. And especially for a guy like Caleb Hayes, who coming into the season was not, we didn't expect him to be a main contributor or or a guy who was going to come into this game and win it. Along those, to expand on that thought, it was the depth and the players coming up with key phrases. I touched on it in the broadcast. Jackson McChesney is the one who comes in and gives you three solid carries to cap off the game-winning drive with the touchdown. Dallin Holker had a, a couple of huge catches uh, early on in the game, but then uh, again in the third and fourth quarter, and then Keanu Hill was probably the most productive wide receiver with all the attention that Puka Nakua and them were drawing. So the fact that uh, it doesn't matter who it is, this team and the players on this team, uh, no one is bashful in stepping up and contributing towards a
2: win. We'll take a break. We'll continue our post-game coverage as players and coaches are closer to speaking to the media. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show. We are from the Coliseum, Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum in L.A., BYU 35 and USC 31 is our final score. More from the Coliseum coming up next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel
2: Back at the Coliseum, BYU 35 and USC 31 is our final score. Kalani having just made his way to the locker room. Kalani and players' comments, we hope, are coming up shortly. We'll see how they get to us, whether on a podium or with Mitch out of field level. Either way, we'll do the very best we can. In the meantime, we have USC has already done uh, their postgame media availability at least with the head coach and so we should hear at least from the USC side maybe even before we're ready to go on the BYU side of things and so that may be the first thing we do here uh, here in our post game coverage Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson up in the booth Mitchell Jurgens down at the BYU locker room area and again once Mitch tells us we're good to go down there then uh, we'll have something for you. Dante Williams is the head coach, uh, the interim head coach of USC, he spoke with the media a short time ago. Let's hear what he had to say.
4: You know, it sucks that you know, we didn't get the final outcome that we want. You know, the kids—they fought extremely hard tonight. You know, we battled back from you know mistakes that we made, and you know, we made it a ball game up to the last play of the ball game. So, like I said, we didn't get the result we want. Uh, fought hard all night. Created turnovers. We ran the ball the way I would like for us to run the ball. Controlled the line of scrimmage. We had two running backs that, you know, won over a hundred. Won almost two hundred. But at the end, like I said, won too many mistakes. And you know, unfortunately, if we didn't come up with the outcome we wanted. Questions. What can you say about the
0: way your team fought back, uh, especially after? Uh, they scored the touchdown in the
3: third quarter making 28-13 after the rough of the passer call. It seemed like they were, they were you know, kind of starting to pull away there, but you guys kept on flying back and eventually taking the lead, too.
4: Yeah, you know, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm happy that the way the guys called. You know, we got a lot of younger guys that are stepping up and at the same time a lot of these older guys. like, You know, I'm with two of them right now. Like, bye, I battled all night. Can I battled it all night? so. We yeah, have multiple guys, you know, stepping up and the future is bright here. So I'm definitely happy by the way that we continue to fight and that's I mean that's what you're gonna do at USC. You're gonna fight on no matter what the circumstance is.
0: Thought that past home games have gotten away from you guys, what was different about tonight you guys were able to stay in it? Uh,
4: the energy. You know, everybody says, you know, the most energetic team wins, but I'm not I think it's the most positive energy. You have energy and it can be fake, but it needs to be positive energy. And tonight, no matter what, you know, the guys that weren't even suited up, they had energy all night. And, you know, the team stuck together. And when we came in there at halftime, you would have thought that we were up by 21. Just the positive energy that the guys were providing, you know, before the game, halftime. And, you know, like I said, I, I hurt for them tonight. Some losses, you know, you just, you don't really hurt. Tonight, I, I extremely, I'm, I'm, I wish I could have did maybe one thing more than what I did.
2: All right, that's Dante Williams, head coach, or interim head coach of USC. Kalani Sitake, we hear, is at the podium right now. Let's see if we're getting audio from Kalani and Max Thule, who are down there right now. <laughs> <laughs>
5: How
6: would you trust the defense in those situations? I mean, obviously, uh, um, you know, we're all about sudden change. You know, things happen. Big plays happen um, defensively. There's there's nothing much you can do when they're down there, but, you know, minimalize the the reward for them. Um, and coming away on the first drive, especially with a field goal, you know, that was, a, that was a tiring drive. I'll be honest, I was gassed, and I was like, I don't know if I was ready for the full game, but, um, you know, we just trust in our guys, we trust in everybody to, to do their 111th, and, uh, you know, trust the, the offense as well, that they'll come back and, uh, score a touchdown, whatever they
7: need to do, so. Well, Tyler was just spent, he could see that he was just so tired, and, and uh, he's been banged up all year long, and so, uh, we just needed him to, I think he was running on fumes at that time, you know, and, and uh. The, the fumble. I mean, the, uh, credit to USC—they're bringing a lot of, um, I mean, a lot of physicality to the game and tackling. Well, they—they're striking him really hard, and, and um, I think he just—he knew at that moment that he probably wasn't ready to go. And um, we trust Jackson and Chesney to get in there, and make plays, and obviously both tackles and scored touchdowns for us. And uh, we, we feel like we have a lot of depth on this team, and, and even at that position. So uh, I was just proud of our guys stepping up. But <clears throat> Tyler, I'm that's a true leader when he knows that uh he could possibly hurt the team and that he needs to rest that you know just given the uh, opportunity to jackson um was huge so um uh, that, that's a true sign of a leader you I mean, haven't had to haven't come from behind the in almost two years you uh, to come
4: from behind what does that say
7: about your guys your well i mean i just really proud of the guys you know you look at the um stats and 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 we're, we're down a bunch of guys on defense and and um not to make a lot of excuses, but I mean we're missing, you know, Keenan and Ellis uh, and Keenan Pelia. we're missing uh, Chaz. we're missing, you know, Peyton, we um, missing Zoe. So there's a bunch of guys that we're missing and so we have to rely on on um, our on, uh, depth, you know, and, and so to have uh, Max and, and Ben step up and get 13 tackles each, that's huge. Um, but you saw a lot of guys chip in and, and, and make plays and um, we had to use a bunch of different guys and. and with the, with the schedule and how tough it was for us to uh, play the style of football that we played, sometimes guys get banged up, and, and we knew that we were going to get <clears throat> USC's best shot. They, this is their senior night, and um, credit to their coaches and credit to their players for stepping up and being really, really competitive. But they're fighting for ball's eligibility. There's a lot to play for for them and for us, and just glad that we were able to you know fight back and get this win because it was it was looking pretty uh, you know pretty bad, but once we ga- regained our composure, I thought the guys rallied back and, and we felt really positive about getting this win. You What's the message
5: to kind of the group of maybe guys who don't have much experience in playing time when you know they do have to step up and they do have to come up in moments like we did today?
7: Yeah, if you're looking at the guys that actually participated and contributed uh... on the field, We're
2: going to jump into this and uh, try and get more additional interviews for you at field level. The hiss is uh, just something we can't manage and doesn't sound great over the air. I get that. So we will take a break. We'll come back and uh, try and get uh, player interviews for you at field level away from uh, the podium and the hiss there. We apologize for that. Tried to write it out, but it was not getting any better. So uh, we'll take a break. We'll continue with our coverage on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. Also by Economics Partners, a premier national business valuation firm. Learn more at econpartners.com. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
2: Back at Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, BYU defeats USC by a score of 35-31. We're still a little ways away from getting Kalani on the headset for the coaches' show. We're still in uh, locker room show territory right now. But unfortunately, the locker room show audio we we're getting is not uh, not terribly usable uh, on the air tonight. So we'll do our best to get Mitch mobilized and get a player to you on the headset so we can get some kind of usable postgame commentary from uh, players and then Kalani after that. So we're dealing with some technical issues here at the Coliseum that are not of our doing, but uh, we will get as much as we can to you when we can bring it to you. In the meantime, we'll recap a couple of numbers of note as we tell you how BYU gets to 10-2 and two on the season. And Riley, Max Tooley became a name we said a lot, and you pointed out, Uh, the distinctness of his performance tonight. He ends up as BYU's co-leading tackler. In fact, the two starting middle linebackers, or the two starting linebackers without Peyton Wilgar, each had 13 tackles apiece. Max, nine solo for helpers, and Ben Bywater, four solo and nine helpers. So, double digit digit tackles for those two linebackers who saw a lot of action, and a lot of Malapai, and a lot of uh, uh, Barlow in their faces all night long.
3: Max Tully was and he was you mentioned inside linebacker but they were playing some interesting sets where he was actually the force player which means that it was his responsibility to turn all the runs back inside towards the help but uh a lot of times there was no help and so he was on an island having to make the play by himself and did a tremendous job of that so good job you know the the defensive line i mentioned that at one point during the game, Pepe Tanavasa had some penetration in the backfield, and it disrupted one of the ones, but with that wide zone play, if you penetrate, one of the problems that it creates running plays, or it's almost like a game of whack-a-mole, like, yeah, it's great that you get penetration, but if you don't come up with the sack in the backfield, you've left your teammates and the rest of the defense exposed for big run games, and so the defensive line, this wasn't their game, they had to Tr- do their best to hold the line of scrimmage, maintain gap integrity, and allow guys like Max Tooley and Ben Bywater to come up and fill in big situations, which they did. So credit to uh, those four guys up front who didn't record a lot of flashy stats on the stat sheet, but did their job. And then uh, the two guys that did fill up the stat sheet, and Bywater and Tooley, uh, they did their job as well, and congrats to uh, on an overall great defensive
2: unit. Caleb Hayes came into tonight with eight pass breakups, added three more to his tally tonight. Yeah, you already mentioned how he was isolated with uh, Bryant a lot of the night. Managed to avoid PIs, uh, and that's half the battle uh, when when dealing with a guy like that. Play
3: clean. You just do not have self-defeating penalties. You're playing against a freshman quarterback in his second start. Don't give him free. I got to be honest, Greg. That Jaron's second pick. They had one-on-one with Puka on a double move, and Jaron threw it up in a double coverage. Yeah. Think I think part of it was like, hey, throw it up and Puka gets interfered with half the time anyway, mm. so take a shot. I have a feeling USC was trying to give, trying to use that tactic on Caleb Hayes, but he didn't give him an inch. They didn't. Uh, he not only did he have the three PBUs, but he didn't have a flag pulled out against him all night. And honestly, I don't even think there was plays even questionable.
2: It wasn't a night for for sacks. Neither while well, USC, well, they did actually get credit for one. Oh, I know why. It was on the intentional grounding. Technically, it was a sack. That's right, too. Uh, when uh, uh, Jaron Hall was chased back and ended up throwing the ball out of bounds, it goes as a sack. So it wasn't a sack-free game for BYU after all. BYU had zero sacks. wasn't a night for TFLs. BYU had three tackles for loss. Uh, one and a half went for Thule, uh, half a tackle for loss to Bywater, half a tackle for loss for Earl tuio Mariner. And uh, that gets and uh, Drew Jensen also had a half tackle for loss, so three TFLs for BYU, three TFLs for USC. The one sack for USC comes on uh, the play where Jaron Hall throws it away under duress and gets called for intentional grounding, so technically a sack. And BYU's record when not allowing any sacks stays at 16 and one. We thought it went to 17 and one, but technically they did allow that that one sack on the night. The game lasted three hours and 34 minutes, and it was uh, a half hour longer. Then the game last week at Georgia Southern, because Georgia Southern played the kind of game that would try and keep BYU's offense off the field. We come back to field level, and joining us on the headset is linebacker Max Tooley, Mitchell Juergens, and Max out on the field. Uh, First of all, we hope Max can hear us, and we want to thank Max for doing double duty at the podium and on the field before he gets the uniform off. Max, can you hear us okay? Uh, Yeah. All right, this is Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson upstairs in the uh, press box way above you. Uh, congrats to you and the boys on a win that was a little bit different, right? You haven't had to have too many comeback wins like this. How fun was it to be a part of this kind of win tonight?
6: Sorry, it cut out on the last part of that question.
2: How fun was That's it to be good. part of a win that was a little bit different for you because it was a comeback win tonight, late?
6: Oh, you know, I mean, you can't expect anything with a with a game, especially against a Power 5 team like USC. Um, we knew it was going to be a dogfight, and you know, um, we just bounced back from whatever uh, happened. you know. Uh, comeback win, if we blew them out, we knew that it was going to be a fight. So um, we did what we needed to do, and we got, we took care of business.
2: Hard runners USC threw at you tonight. How would you grade the ground game you faced tonight? I mean, yeah, they were good. Obviously, with a USC
6: recruiting uh, offensive line and the skill players that they can get, um, they're obviously going to be good year in and year out even with being an Air Raid team but you know they they did run run a little bit more than we thought and uh you know we just got to take what came at us and we handled it and we got the dub so
3: Max almost double digit solo tackles for you did you expect that coming into the game normally as a defense you are kind of a gang tackling defense but you found yourself on an island and were able to get them down to the ground a lot did you was the game plan such that You knew coming in you were going to have to make a lot of one-on-one tackles, or is that just kind of the way it it played out?
6: I mean, that's kind of just the way it played out. You know, there are are those games, and you're feeling it, and I feel like um, I was just in the right place at the right time and in the right positions to make those solo tackles. And, uh, you know, I I obviously expect a lot from myself, so I'm not going to sell myself short or anything. But, you know, I haven't got a lot of these opportunities, especially this many reps and whatnot. Um, so I just wanted to make the most out of it.
3: Your teammate, Caleb Hayes, came up big on the outside. Talk about what a luxury it is to be able to put your corners out on an island in one-on-one coverage, and how that allows you to be a little bit more flexible and do some different stuff inside the box.
6: Oh, yeah. It's it's great having these corners that can lock them down. And obviously, Caleb, um, he's new to the program, but he stepped in, and uh, he's made some huge plays throughout the whole season, um, especially tonight when they, when it mattered. So. Um, I think it's it's obviously it's really nice to have these good uh, corners that can cover,
2: um, give us more time, get pressure on the quarterback, and uh, cause havoc. So. Hey Max, I think it was Lopa who said, like maybe when the season began, we're, we're kind of about to show people that that 11 wins last year, 11 and one wasn't any kind of fluke. What do you think that 10 and two with six P5 wins a year later says about BYU football right now?
6: I mean, I think it it says what Lopa said it wasn't no a fluke, and uh, we proved that this year this. I mean the regular season, um, ten and two. You can't complain with that against the schedule we faced this year. So I think we're all we're all pleased. You know, we we have high expectations for ourselves, and we you know there there are things that we wish we could uh, go back. But I mean, you can't you can't dwell on
2: that, and we're we're happy with how the regular season played out. So now that you're headed to the postseason, you're just kind of waiting, awaiting a destination. What do you think you've shown people who will have you in the New Year's Six mix about uh, a team that's right there with the other best two lost teams in the country right now?
6: I mean, yeah. Obviously, going with our record against the, the Power Five conferences, um, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to deny that we're we're uh, you know good enough to play in the New Year's Six Bowl. But obviously, that's not up to us. That's something that's out of our control. So, I mean, we're going to take whatever we get and uh, make the most out of it.
3: So there was a lot of – I mean, it was a grueling season. You guys didn't have a bye week until two weeks ago, you know, until after you played ten games. I feel like there was a lot of stoppages for your teammates to come off the field being injured and stuff. What does recovery look like uh, for you and the boys between now and the ball game?
6: Oh, yeah. I mean, a long season like this, especially with – a. Uh, by a week late in the season, um, there's going to be guys getting banged up. You're going to have to go into your depth, and uh, we, we've known that. You know, anybody who's played college football or football in general knows that by the end of the year, um, it's probably not going to be the same 11 guys starting either side of the ball. So I think we've we've been preparing for that. And uh, you know, last game of the season, we'll take it. You know, there were you know, a lot of guys that were maybe less experienced playing and uh, didn't get as many reps at the beginning of the year, but. I think we took that and we we took the challenge and you know the guys stepped up and we we made the plays we needed to make
2: max thank you for the time congratulations again to you and the boys on a fun win here in la maybe just one last thing from you maybe a shout out to cougar nation could you see him could you hear him oh yeah dude oh it was awesome seeing them in the in
6: the coliseum here tonight you know i love them um i love all the support they give us all
2: year so go cougar nation we love you all thank you max all right, that's Max Tooley. We'll come back with Dallin Holker next here on the new skin, BYU Sports. Cougar Locker Room Show continues here at the Coliseum in Los Angeles. Greg Grubel and Riley Nelson with you in the booth down on the field, Mitchell Juergens. We'll be back to our next special guest after we tell you that we you can stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for the lowest price on every tire, plus no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. Dallin Holker with us now from field level here at the Coliseum. Dallin, three catches, 56 yards tonight. Dallin, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Thanks uh for having me. You bet. It's our pleasure. So uh maybe you could take us a little bit, take our listeners into the locker room tonight and tell us what kind of vibe you guys experienced about 15, uh, fifteen, twenty minutes ago.
8: I mean, you know, we're all super excited. Uh you know, we just uh we were down in that game and so we trusted each other and we know how that we know how we could do as long as we trust each other and in that locker room, man, it's just happy. We're all just grateful for the win and that we're able to uh be all together. We're just enjoying the moment in there.
2: I don't want to be too down right now, but let's have a word for your brother, uh, Isaac Rex. Um, He went down with a pretty nasty-looking injury that required an air cast. Uh, Maybe just a thought or two from you about what it's like to play alongside him, your thoughts when you saw him down, um, how his spirits are, if you've had any word at all from him, and how you plan to kind of pick up the slack for him moving forward. Yeah, no, I mean, it sucks seeing a player like Isaac go down like that. I mean, just
8: playing with him, I've been able to learn so much from him and and work with him and I mean, I love him. He's my brother, so especially when your brother goes down like that, it's sad to see. uh, I mean, I haven't got to talk to him yet. Um, I hope I get to see him soon, but I mean, just praying for him and hoping
3: that uh, he can have a a speedy recovery and that, that it's nothing too crazy. So Dallin, did you know you could have twenty two yards rushing on the stat sheet without an actual rushing attempt? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> well that that's what you logged today. Talk to us. It seemed to me like you were the only person on the field that saw that ball pop out of Tyler Algier's hands on that on that game winning what eventually became the game winning drive. Talk us through that play. Yeah, no, I just uh it was run up the middle and I I came up the middle to lead block for him and
8: uh, nobody was really there, and so I, I Tyler was in the pile, and I kind of came over to to help push. And then the ball just came flying out, and it literally just came right down next to my feet. So I just scooped it up and hoped nobody was right next to me, and just ran. And then I saw down the field that I could hear their sideline yelling, "They're like the play still going, the play still going." And saw, so and they're like all walking off the field. And I was just running, and and Keanu Hill was down there blocking for me, so I was just following him. And man, it was crazy. It was awesome.
2: How about Keanu stepping up uh, with Neil Pau going down late? Gunnar Romney couldn't play tonight, and there's Keanu hauling in a 41-yard touchdown pass tonight.
8: Yeah, I know Keanu's a dog, and you know that's his mentality. And I'm I'm happy. I'm happy for him. He definitely deserves it. He he you know he plays his heart out. He practices hard, so I'm happy for him.
2: Now it seemed when you guys were leading 21-10 last possession of the first half it kind of felt like all right if BYU goes up 28-10 here that might be you know it might might put USC in, in a spot from which it's tough to recover from but credit to USC they make a play they get back in the game you went from leading 21-10 leading 28-13 to trailing in the fourth quarter it was a little bit unfamiliar right Dallin to be down late like you were you won a lot of games kind of going away or or using four minute at the end tonight was different
8: yeah no I mean it for sure it was and I mean that's definitely something we need to be better at, especially when we had a lead like that. Um, you know, we can't let them come back and have um, get that energy and get our sideline go, uh, going. So, you know, it's definitely something that we need to be better at is keeping that lead and just keep going and
3: pushing. So, talking about unique stat lines in the third quarter, uh, be what you. As a team, BYU had 10 rushing attempts for one yard, yet turn it around and the rushing game got going, especially on that, again, that game-winning drive. What were they doing in the third quarter that caused so many problems for you guys, and then how did you counter it in the fourth quarter to get the run game going again? Um, You know, we had, uh, you know, a few injuries, a few guys going
8: in and out, so I think we were just trying to, you know, find our rhythm, get our rhythm as an offense and, and get it going, but, you know, in that fourth quarter, uh, we had our guys, and you know, we just we just knew what needed to be done, and we've been in a situa- situations like this before, so we knew we just need to fight and keep going and and push along, and and that's what we did in that fourth quarter. Just trusted each other, each other as a team, and man, it was fun, fun to be there, and fun to watch.
2: Uh, what does being part of a 10-win regular season? Uh, what kind of significance does that have for you? Uh, you know, I mean, it's awesome.
8: Uh, you know, super grateful. In college football, it's hard to win. It's hard to win every week, and. You know, 10 wins. There's not many people who do that, so we're definitely super blessed, and I'm super thankful that you know I have the teammates and coaches that I have. So, super blessed.
2: You had to follow the 11 and one season from afar, right? Uh, Yeah. So when you got back and heard everyone talking about that, is it kind of nice to be part of of another special season the very next year? Oh
8: yeah, for sure. I mean, it means everything being out here with my brothers again, Um, and you know, just
2: going and and playing as hard as we can. it, It means everything. All right, uh, next up, you got to wait and see where you're going to play. Uh, it's not up to you to make the case for things like the New Year's Six, but certainly you feel that uh, BYU has shown with the number of P5 wins you've got that you're one of the best two-loss teams in the country. Is that fair to say?
8: Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think that's fair to say.
2: All right, what do you have planned here for the next uh, a couple days? Uh, a lot of sleep, some schoolwork. What do you plan to do here? Oh, yeah, for sure.
8: Fly home, <laughs> sleep, and recover. <laughs>
2: Well, we don't know when the next game's going to be, but we look forward to seeing you and the guys in it. Dallin, thanks so much for the time tonight. Yeah, I know. Thank you. All right, that's Dallin Holker, BYU tight end, joining us on the Cougar Locker Room Show. Still to come, BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. BYU wins 35-31 over USC on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Post-game coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Post-Game Coaches Show, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. Also by Economics Partners, a premier national business valuation firm. Learn more at econpartners.com. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
2: Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, site of BYU's victory tonight. Uh, officially, the attendance was 55,926. That would include tickets sold. There wasn't that kind of crowd here at all. Uh, maybe half that felt like, maybe 30,000. Tough. Uh, to, the building is so big, it's really tough to gauge crowd size. But if let's just say there were 30. It felt like, you know, 15 to 20 might have been cheering for BYU tonight. Riley, am I close to what you might have thought?
3: Yeah, I think so. So the most, uh, the um, southeast sliver where BYU's allotment of tickets where it was pretty much full and then obviously dispersed throughout the rest of the stadium but that only makes up about two to three sections the rest of the stadium there were fans in every section but it definitely was not dense by any means it is hard to say in a 100,000 seat venue like this but i my guess was somewhere between 25 and 30,000 and of those at least at least 15,000 were uh, cheering for BYU
2: Ralph Sokolowski on his way out left me this post-it note. He said there are only 11 teams with fewer losses than BYU. And, of course, that includes some teams with, uh, I'll just, you know, bring UTSA up. There are some one-loss teams that are certainly below BYU in, in rankings and metrics, UTSA being one of them, losing for the first time today. So the Cougars are going to be in the mix, right? They're going to be with, um, you know, a, a group of two-loss teams that will be in the running for the New Year's Six. Whether or not BYU ends up um, favorably, we have to wait for another weekend of games to be completed. Um, You know, certainly uh, Baylor and Oklahoma State is a game of great interest uh, to BYU, uh, where Baylor to take a third loss, BYU suddenly uh, is in a much brighter spot than it would be otherwise. And that's maybe the best hope BYU has right now. Uh, Oklahoma, um, you'd expect, if not hope, or want them to end up below BYU in the next CFP rankings. They lose today to Oklahoma State. Um, again, there's just not a lot of wiggle room right now, but they're going to be in the periphery, right on the fringe. It'll be close.
3: Yeah, I'm going to hold out hope, Greg, for New Year's 6. I'm not super confident. I wouldn't put money on it, uh, although I'm not much of a risk taker or, or a gambling man. But uh, here's the one thing I will say is that these <laughs> the, the thing that's different about this year than years past is... There's an end in sight, meaning that we're not going to go. BYU is not going to go 10 and 2 again, and end up in a in the in the Independence Bowl, right? They're going to be exactly where they should be because they're going to be within a conference, and that those conferences are going to have standings and rankings, and you're going to be put somewhere where you should. It, or, or I should say that the performance of the season will not be disproportionate to the postseason placement. And uh, while it is unfortunate. It, it, it is potentially unfortunate this year if that kind of if you kind of get upside down in that. But regardless, it, the end will come soon uh, once the Big 12 uh, begins in two years.
2: About 18 months away officially from joining. All right, this is the Larry H. Miller Cougar game Coaches Show brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto. Conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto driven by you. Kalani Sitake is coming up from the Coliseum on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
2: Kalani Shitake is coming up. Bonus player interview. So excited to say that Samson Naku is on the headset with us oh. in, the, in, in the end zone here at the Coliseum. Hello, Samson. What's happening,
9: Cougar <laughs> Nation? <laughs> Pac-12 champions, what is happening?
2: 5-0 and versus the Pac-12 this year. How about that, right? Man, it feels good.
9: Uh, something in a long time coming for me and uh, and my youths up there killing it, actually. So both
2: of us, you know, looking really good in the Pac-12. It's been quite a year. So are you aware of a thing called No Loss November? I was. I am not. I'm so not. check this out. These are the records of these teams in the month of November. You ready? Let's hear it. Women's soccer 6-0. and Women's volleyball 7 and 0. Women's basketball 7 and 0. Yeah. Men's basketball 6 and 0. Yeah. BYU football 3 and 0. Let's We just had a no-loss November and you guys are like the capper tonight.
9: You know what they say? History is being read but also being written. Cougar Nation is writing some history right now and it's amazing to be a part of it.
2: No, but how how amazing is that that I just rambled off those teams and everyone has just been rolling the entire month and winning big games and getting deep in tournaments and winning tournaments and locking down double-digit wins National seasons.
3: championships, the yeah. individual and men's then, and women's.
2: And then cross-country winning national championships on the individuals as well. Special time to be a Cougar, Samson. Oh, it really is. I mean, I think it's always a special time,
9: and uh, just right now being a part of it is, yeah, just – I've been telling everyone it's been a movie here on the football field, but uh, me and Puka the other week were able to show up to the women's basketball team uh, game and watch them uh, whoop Arizona State's but and uh, – Man, it's just something that's
2: special right now to be part of the Cougars and uh, being able to watch them and being a fan of them. Um, it's beautiful. Samson tonight, uh, three catches, uh, 26 yards, part of BYU's 35-35 win over USC. Yeah. It's a theme that I kind of hit with the other guys. I'll throw it to you, too. You haven't had too many wins like this where you've had to come down and get a late score to win the game. And, hey, you'd like to win every game going away, but how nice is it to know that when you know a comeback is needed, you guys can grind it out like this and get it done?
9: Oh. I don't think anyone is ever worried with our team. Um, Coach A-Rod talks about it all the time we can uh blow any team out or if it comes to a shootout or a grind out game, uh, that we can win that too. Uh we're we're a very talented team that we can do anything and uh, even our defensive wise, they came up and made big stops when needed it to be and um man, it just it was really cool to see and be a part of tonight.
3: Samson, you're in the wide receiver room with Keanu Hill who has really emerged behind you know, behind you guys who are you guys are kind of the household names. He's he's competing for that uh, household name status with you. But uh, what can you say about his emergence, really, in the last three games uh, as a guy that this offense can count on to make big plays in big spots?
9: Um, man, I'm I'm proud of that kid. Um, honestly, I, I think we've talked about it before season, and I don't think a lot of people have even really heard us when we said that we have the best receiving core in the nation that we anyone could go down. And our backups are just as talented. So I, I mean, I've seen Keanu make these plays all the time. So him to come in and make him in the game is just no surprise to me. And um, him being, he'll, he'll be soon recognized uh, as a big name for BYU for sure.
2: Kalani Sitake, your head coach, is known for telling you guys before games to go out and have fun, right? Yes. It's a big part of, of his message to you. Yeah. Um, how much of that is a real thing that you guys have in mind when you do take the field? Oh. I, I think that's the only thing we're
9: really having in mind. We're not even thinking of the ball game, really, and not too much of it, not being tense at all. It's just having fun and uh, doing what we love to do. Yeah, we know there's going to be a couple of mistakes being made, but we know at the end of the day it's just have fun and uh, love each other, uh, no matter the ups and downs throughout the game. Just keep loving each other and having fun and keep a smile on your face. Like, there was a lot of adversity throughout this game. And uh, just to look down the sideline um, and just Seeing my O-line, my running backs, my QB, and my other receivers look up to me, and me look to them, and everyone just smiling and trusting each other that, man, we can do this. We, we, we've done this million times in practice. Like, they ain't nothing new. This game doesn't mean anything. It's just, just another day for us in the office. Can you recall one thing Kalani told you guys post game? No idea. Uh, I was so (laughs) hey, we were celebrating, dancing. You know, I don't think he might have talked. I don't know honestly. Like we were, I was jumping around. I was jumping on Puka. Puka's all hurt, being soft. I'm still jumping on him. I don't care. But you know, Kalani's probably said something good, just loving us. (laughs) Did,
2: Did you Did you know Kalani got a penalty tonight?
9: He got gassers. He got gassers for that, for <laughs> and sure.
3: Unsportsmanlike con- conduct. I
9: can't and- believe he would do that. So, uh, <laughs> unbelievable. But you know he's got your back, though, right? That's- oh man, they're lucky I didn't jump on the field with Kalani. I was about to go, Phew. you know. Yeah, they're lucky. Kalani got our back. We got his back for sure.
3: Samson, so uh, speaking of Kalani, you're actually this p- segment of the post game. It's not relevant to you, but it's uh, relevant uh, to, to our listeners out there. Is that this is the coaches' show? You're not a coach yet. I want to ask you. You know, you're one of the few seniors whose eligibility's uh, actually up on this team. And even though you've got a lot of football ahead, obviously the ball game here, and then whatever it holds for you after BYU, you got as much football as you want in front of you, but. Uh, You obviously, so two of your coaches are former players of mine across the sideline. It was another former, uh, was a guy that I played with at BYU. What does the future hold for you as a professional? Could you see yourself being a coach and having your own coaches show one day?
9: Oh, for sure. Uh, I love being here, being part of football and part of teams and just being able to meet new personalities, meet people coming from all, over the world, um, all over the states, um, and just being able to interact and get to know them and uh, just finding ways to help them, help better them, and um, help better their uh, their mental game. And uh, um, for sure, if I ever get the opportunity to come coach, I will take it. But right now, I'm trying to play some ball. Yeah, you bet. So Samson, this has to be your first win in the
2: Coliseum then, right?
9: It is. And it, man, I was, I literally, Lay on the field after the game, because it, it really, this whole season, everything has been just, Coach Witt actually used to say a saying when I was up there, and I, it just stuck with me always. He would always say, the cream will always rise to the top. Um, and that always stuck with me. And um, just going through this season, and everything mentally off the field, and uh, injuries on the field, um, it all just it just—it rose to the top, honestly, and I'm just so thankful to be here.
2: All right, sorry. Go ahead, Riley. No, go ahead. Greg. I was going to say, uh, what what do you have in terms of postseason thoughts right now? Uh, we're not asking you to make a case for BYU to, to be playing in this game or that game, but I know you're pretty proud of ten and two. I don't know where. I don't even know postseason. I don't know um,
9: ten and two. The, de- the definition
3: of game by game, Greg. They're just <laughs> trying to go one and zero, and whoever the next opponent is.
9: Yeah, I mean, shoot, this was the last game. You know, it's bowl season now. It's time to go party. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Uh, But yeah, whoever's next, we'll be ready for them. Uh, But we're just going to relax, spend time with our family a little bit, um, enjoy this win, and uh, just, you know, just be ready for whatever comes.
2: This is a huge building. It's a massive stadium. And, And the fans were pretty spread out tonight. But even though they were spread out, It wasn't hard to recognize those who were cheering for BYU tonight. Cougar Nation did it again, didn't they? Oh, outstanding. You could hear them chanting, BYU
9: took over. I think they were having a contest. A little bit of the fans were going back and forth chanting, and I'm I'm pretty sure BYU let them know that this is our house. And um, (laughs) it it was amazing to see, coming out to see all the fans and put on a great show for them and uh, send them home the right way. It was just amazing.
2: What message did you guys send if one was sent uh, about uh, a 10-win season with with seven P5s on the schedule this year? Um, I think the
9: biggest message we sent was that we're here. We can rock with anyone. Um, A bunch of Mormon boys, Provo, Utah, we out here balling, doing our thing, loving one another, trying to spread love to this world too. And we just want to see everyone smile, but no We'll come and whip that butt. But
2: oh, okay. <laughs> hey, do you want do you want to shout out to Isaac Rex tonight too a little bit? Oh, that's my boy
9: Isaac. I was talking to the ref. That was a touchdown. They didn't review it, but it was a touchdown. That's my dog. He's gonna be back. One of the greatest tight ends in the nation. Don't sleep on him. I love you, big dog. And he's getting married actually. So uh, we're gonna still go take him out for his uh, bachelor's party and you know, go uh, cheer him up a little bit.
2: Okay. The other big dog, Kalani's ready to go. Put on the headset. You ready to give him the headset? Yeah. I think he's right behind you. Yeah. Turn around. Oh, you go. yes,
9: sir. There he is. There, there is we superstar go. Superstar right there.
2: All right, we're going to take it off. Hey, hey, Samson, thank you for putting on the headset and joining us in this special edition of the Coaches Show. Hey, thank you guys so much. Have a great one. you the man. Thank you, Samson. All right, Samson Nakua. And now he will hand the headset to Kalani Sitake. We think Kalani's able to pop it on. We might have just a short delay before Kalani's ready to go. Mitchell's down there with the headset. Uh, Mitchell, we're going to have Kalani in a second. Is that right? Just a second.
5: He's yeah. uh, he's okay. taking pictures on the field. So, All
2: right, so Kalani has some photo ops to handle. Then we'll pop the headset on, and uh, we'll get Kalani momentarily. So BYU 35 and USC 31 is our final score. You heard from Samson Nakua, Dallin Holker. Uh, Max Tuli, and kudos to Wade, uh, kudos by the way to Mitchell Jergens for uh, uh, getting down to field level with all these guys making the long trek down the tunnel. Kalani Sitake, BYU's head coach, is popping on the headset. Kalani and his Cougs pick up win number ten on the year. Kalani nears the 50-win plateau as BYU's head coach. He's now 20 games above five hundred, forty eight 48 and 28, and BYU's now 18 and 4 when playing as a ranked team, which BYU is and will be tomorrow. Kalani, congratulations on the win here in the Coliseum.
7: Thank you, guys. That was a lot of fun. Uh, tight one, but uh, just really happy we got the win.
2: Special to win a game in this venue?
7: Yeah, I mean, every win special. But uh, uh, just knowing uh, the end of the season, a regular season, you know, <laughs> you had some guys uh, definitely banged up. And uh, we had to test our depth. And um just really proud of the players and the coaches, everyone involved. And then Cougar Nation was awesome. They showed up just like they always do. And um, they willed us to get this win.
3: Coach, this was uh, by far the latest in a game that your team has had to score in order to secure a victory. The the next closest was you were you were knocking on the door at the end of the third quarter. Virginia scored on the first play of the fourth, and but you took the lead at the beginning of the fourth and went off from there. But here you found yourself down late in the fourth. Did you know? Did you know your team had it in them?
7: Yeah, we we knew it. I mean, going into we we just knew we had uh, some time left. You know, we were looking at the clock, and it's like, hey, okay eight minutes to play let's just let's just do our thing here and, and and the the players are saying that i wasn't saying much i was just trying to keep them motivated and keep them positive and try not to get a penalty for me you know because uh the first one if i got a second one that kick me out so just trying to show a little bit more discipline um myself but overall man just really happy for the guys the, the, they they showed up and then played really really well and we had to test our depth we had a lot of guys out there there was moments in the game where I'm looking out there and it's like, hey, we have a, quite a few walk-ons out there making plays. But um, they're, they're, they're not just walk-ons to us. They're, they're guys that actually matter and can make plays and can help us win games. And I'm glad we could trust those guys to get it done.
3: You mentioned the penalty. To me, it looked like you were lobbying for some holding. To me, it looked like some pretty egregious holding, yet the flags were staying in the pockets. So Was that what you were lobbying and, and the ref um told you to get back on the sideline or what culminated
7: in that among other things you know i was just complaining i I figured if i'm going to complain about one thing i might as well just let it keep rolling (laughs) i I probably just said said too much and uh i made a mistake but the the guys the interesting thing is right after it happened the guys seemed to be fired up and like coach we got your back and you know um the, the rest is history i mean the guys played hard and and um uh you know i i just need to be smarter next time but but uh I make mistakes, too, and I'll learn from this.
2: Uh, you lost Isaac Rex, uh, yeah. and that'll be it for him this year. And it looked horrible. I mean, I, I just
7: did not want to see that again on the replay. And, and um, you know, all he cared about it was if it was a touchdown or not. I, I love that guy, that kid. I mean, are you kidding me? That He knows something's wrong with his ankle. You could visibly see it, that it was messed up. And, um, you know, we've got some decisions to make on, on him and, and surgery and things like that. But... Yeah, his season's done. Um, we'll, we'll try to get him back. I had a very similar injury the um, end of my junior year <clears throat> and so you know I just I'm, I'm glad that his dad was able to be down there and his his mom and so um just hate hate seeing injuries like that and um, you know our prayers and our thoughts are with him. Hopefully he can, he can get back as soon as he can and, and definitely be ready for next year.
2: even though you scored on the first drive of the third quarter. Colonia to, to expand the lead. It kind of felt like the game switched a little bit late in the first half when you didn't score going in, and they got three right at the end of the half. They felt like a little bit of a different team, maybe a little more energized after that. Yeah,
7: and and they're, they're going to play hard. I mean, we we knew it, and watching them, this is senior senior night. Um, <clears throat> they're playing for for bowl eligibility still. They're they're playing for their seniors. They're playing hard. I mean, they're they're just they're tons of athletes. I mean, there's a bunch of five star guys on this on this roster, and so. We knew that we would get their best shot, and um, you know we needed to make sure that our, our guys were ready to play, and, and I'm glad that our guys showed up. I mean, we had a lot of guys contribute to this win, a lot of guys that, that, that people haven't seen on the field uh, very often or definitely at the beginning of the year, and, and we needed them to help us uh, win games. And so uh, it was a team win. Um, we, we earned the right to <clears throat> rest now and get better um, from the film, and, and you know we'll hit the weight room and things like that, but uh, I think we'll take advantage of some practice time as well. So. Uh, but but i think it's important that these guys get some rest and and heal up uh, in the next next week
3: coach after coming out on the first drive of the second half and scoring a touchdown there they seem to i don't know if they made an adjustment or if it was just you know self-imposed mistakes but one of the stats that stood out to me was in the third quarter t- you guys were at 10 rushing attempts for only one yard what were they doing to kind of um, stifle your rushing attack and then what adjustments did you guys make to get the run game going again in the fourth which is really what propelled the game winning drive
7: i think they were really crowding the box and they're changing up some looks on defense and and uh, they're making a statement that they're going to try to stop the run and um, so we we had to uh, make a decision on on what we wanted to do and how we wanted to run the ball and they were committed to stopping the our, our stretch play and and we hit them with some some downhill runs, um, and and got you know we we're able to get the score. I mean that's where we, we basically said okay let's let's play some smash mouth football and let's get after it. And, and I, I'm glad they did that. And yeah, that's tough to do against a, a loaded box like that. That's gonna they're they're committed to stopping the run. But I think when we needed to throw the ball, we we it was there. But it was difficult, man. Uh, the The turnover margin wasn't in our favor, and and we had to battle back from it. and And um, I'm glad the guys stuck with it, and, and and we're resilient tonight.
2: You guys, you guys won on minus two in the turnover margin and minus six yards, an average starting field position as well. Normally, if you lose both those stats, it's tough to win a game.
7: Yeah, and and, and we don't want to make a habit of it. I mean, we, we, that's something that's not. Um, not student, that's not how we play. That's not our identity. We usually we're the other guys that were on the other side making that happen. I thought we had some opportunities to get some picks and make some sacks and get safeties and all stuff like that. And didn't just didn't work out. But uh, the guys kept believing, you know, and, and we won in other ways and so um you know, we 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 were able to get a stop at the end on fourth down and, and we've been on the other side of that before too.
2: Huge play, and uh, you know, because the pass was completed, it's a matter of being on your man and making a stop, and BYU did just that.
7: Yeah, and and we had to play some man coverage. I mean, we we did it. We, they took some sh- shots. I mean, Jackson dart through the ball downfield, and and our, our guys, you know, they, they they were able to play their great technique, and and we we developed these young men to play man coverage when we need them to, and and uh, we, we we did a lot of pressures on that drive, and and uh, I'm glad that you know, it worked out in our favor.
2: Caleb Hayes, what do you think about his three pass breakups tonight?
7: Awesome, awesome. There's one that should have been touchdown. I mean, pick, um, but that's okay. We'll, we'll keep working on it. Um, but but he's in great position. He's made some great decisions in the way that he's um, covering, uh, and 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 all the guys. I thought all the corners, DBs, did really well in the coverage tonight.
2: Single season, <coughs> single season BYU rushing yardage. Tyler Algier tonight tonight passed up Ronnie Jenkins, Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, and Pete Van Valkenburg. Only Luke Staley, in that great 2001 season, has ever rushed for more yards in a year at BYU than Tyler Algier right now.
7: That's amazing, and and, and uh, Luke had a great year that year. I think he won the Doak Walker that year, right? Yep. So he did. Um, you know, Tyler, he could tell he's 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 a little limping around right now. He's <laughs> sore. Uh, I've said that we're gonna have to rely on him. And I'm glad that, that he uh, deferred to uh, Jackson, you know, and Jackson was able to be fresh and get there. But, hey, Jackson showed up, man. He he, he broke some tackles and played really, really well. And, and I thought he ran the ball well. And uh, we, we have some really good players. I, I just, you know, I, I, if we have to use our depth, I, I'm glad we can go there. And I'm glad that our coaches show a lot of, confidence in our players to get it done.
2: I want to share with you our economics partners valuable stat of the game now whether for tax financial reporting or strategic purposes when your business needs a valuation the right partner is economics partners learn more at econpartners.com BYU was 10 for 17 on third and fourth downs tonight Kalani when you had to move the chains Seven for fourteen on third, three for three on fourth. A lot of big plays were made when big plays were needed. Ten for seventeen on third and fourth downs tonight.
7: Yeah, that's huge. Um, <clears throat> I'm just glad that that uh, our guys are excited about going forward on fourth down, and, and <clears throat> if we need to, we'll we'll, we'll do it. But uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to get more first downs and uh, on first and second. That means we're getting big plays. But uh, I, I thought USC played really well today. I thought they tackled better than they've ever, they've tackled all year long, and uh, made things really difficult for us, and and uh, they're big and they're athletic, and man, they're, when they're when they're committed to it, they, these guys can play. And um, we, I, I felt like we got their best shot in all three phases tonight.
3: Coach, you guys are contracted with the Independence Bowl. Obviously, there are some other options that might happen for postseason, but that's scheduled for December 18th, which is coming up quick. Are is your goal? I guess how are you scheduling out? Um, Fitting in? Are you going to try and fit in all 15? Take advantage of that practice time. Talk to us about logistically how you do that with player development and, and managing this postseason leading up to the bowl game.
7: <clears throat> well, I think there's there's opportunities to to practice young guys. I mean, not not everybody has to practice the same, you know. So I think there's ways that we can fit in some development with guys. But I I know one thing: we're going to hit the weight room. That's one thing that we live by. So uh, we're going to work hard. But um, there's some guys that need to heal. Obviously, the guys that played all 12 of these games you know and and uh, one that comes to mind is Tyler Algier. need him to heal and it's okay we'll, we'll let him heal up a little bit but part of the healing process means still working hard you, you just can't uh, be be stagnant and not do anything so um uh, the soreness will, will work itself out if, if we get out there and we we lift and and uh, you know and, and condition so uh, we'll do that and and uh, all the, all the guys are committed to getting better so so we'll find ways to get better and and we may have to just tweak things a little bit here and there
2: Kalani you're, you're part of a no-loss November between women's soccer women's volleyball women's basketball men's basketball and football 29 and 0 in the month of November that's awesome that's and and I,
7: I told you before earlier in the uh, um, when when you did my interview pregame interview that uh, that's the fans and, and and I'm telling you like the, the fans they can will, will us to win and, and that's in every sport that's every activity, it doesn't matter what it is. The fans are amazing, and uh, we felt it tonight. We felt it all year long at home games and on away games, and I speak for all the student athletes when I say that they feel it too. Their coaches feel it, and the and, uh, fans, just keep doing what you're doing, man. You're awesome. We love you guys, and, and, and um, I hope you enjoyed your November. Let's, let's, let's make November uh, more common in all the other months as well.
2: Last thing then maybe would be about the crowd here in L.A. and how you heard them and felt them and how you got to celebrate with them tonight.
7: They were awesome. I, that, that was so much fun, uh, so much fun. And, and they made tons of noise like they always do. Uh, the weather was awesome. you know. So um, it, was just, it was just really fun to get the win for them. And you could just see how, how excited they were about it. And, and, and um, they've been amazing. Uh, it, it's, a, it's nice for me as the head coach to, to say that it's an honor for me to be a fan
2: as well. Well, we're going to do this one more time, Kalani. That much we know. Let's but for, go. But for the regular, <laughs> but for the regular season, thank you. Uh, ten wins is a remarkable thing. Sixteenth time in BYU history, they've had a ten win regular season you've got that i know you want one more and we're looking forward to chatting with you after one more byu game one more byu win but for the regular season of 2021 uh, on behalf of cougar nation thank you uh for leading this team and and guiding them the way you have and do special year again and many more special seasons still to come with you at the helm we hope
7: yep that's right and this is a lot of fun guys and and uh the fans make it so easy so thank you so much and looking forward to the bowl game but let's get out there and support all the other sports as well so let's show how powerful this this fan base is amazing they're the ones that got us into the big 12 they're the ones that continue to to give us the success that we're seeing in all the sports including november 2021.
2: thank you again Kalani safe travels we'll see you back in town go Cougs love you boys Cape. All right, that's Kalani Sitake. We will come back with Cougar Nation Now. BYU Creamery Cougar Nation Now is just around the corner here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation Now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions to at Greg Grubel using hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Built Bar Broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Grubel.
2: Welcome back to Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum where BYU Creamery Cougar Nation Now begins Hashtag BYUCNN on the Twitter. If you want to drop a comment in, be part of our post game discussion. Greg Grubel, Riley Nelson with you. And Mitchell Juergens making his way up to the press box. He'll be rejoining us shortly. And so we're going to kick it around for a bit and um, see what you have to contribute and see where it takes us. And we will also give away two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream for the correct answer to a skill testing trivia question later in the program. BYU 35, USC 31 is our final score. So maybe I'm making too big a deal, uh, Riley, out of the no-loss November thing. But women's basketball is done uh, for the month. Men's basketball won't play till December 1st. They're done for the month. Women's soccer won't play till the end of the week. They're done for the month. Uh, women's volleyball is into the postseason. But uh, they're not scheduled to play any more November games. Football is clearly done. Uh, for the regular season until the bowl game. And so that's it. That's the month of November. And BYU, as a program with all of its team sports, didn't lose a game in an entire month. I mean, there could be some research done on this, but I can't imagine there are too many programs that could ever say that across all those different disciplines to be that good. And we're going to end, I mean, the the women are going to get ranked. So you have football, men's basketball, women's basketball, all in the top 25. And there were only six teams last week that had both football and men's basketball in the top 25. When you add women's basketball, the number is going to be very small. I think Baylor might be one of them right now, but it's going to be a small number. And BYU is going to be right there with um, excellence across the board right now. It's just phenomenal. And then, you know, cross country technically would be team sports, um, but they're also very individual, and it's not true. If you don't win the national championship, you didn't lose as a team. In fact, your individuals both won championships, so you could add them to the mix as well. So whether it was the teams themselves or the individuals part of a greater team with cross-country winning national titles – Just what a November to remember for BYU. Truly
3: remarkable, and I hope that the athletic department does something to uh, acknowledge it, memorialize it. You know, in the – I can't remember in the SAB, what's the little – Legacy Hall? Yeah, Legacy Hall. There you go. Um, So hopefully they find a way to memorialize that, put a plaque up there, because I I would – be extremely surprised if that had happened before, yeah. and uh, I would be extremely surprised. I mean, I'm sure it's probably happened before somewhere in in all of NCAA right. that's been around for hundreds of years, but I, you know, it has if, to be a rarity at the yeah, D1 level. super rare. But anyway, it's uh, kudos to all the players that put in the hard work and all the coaches that you know dedicate and spend time away from their families to to help these players along, and then ultimately who come out on their fi- on their respective fields of play and dominate.
2: Uh, remember that uh, final uh, women's soccer did something they'd never done before today, advanced to their first-ever College Cup. The College Cup is the Final Four in women's soccer, and they'll now go to Santa Clara, have to play Santa Clara on their home pitch. But, hey, no big deal. BYU won a game against Santa Clara on that field story. earlier this year. Yeah, it's just part of uh, part of the narrative, uh, and it makes it even more special should BYU get it done that way. So a big week will continue uh, for women's soccer later in the month. By the way, this no-loss November, you could argue you know, it was in jeopardy, right? BYU football had to come back and win this one, all right? With under four minutes to go, uh, no loss November was on, uh, was on the edge. But BYU comes back and gets a late touchdown to defeat USC. Then they get to hold on on a fourth down, win the game with a defensive play as USC was driving late in this one. And so drama at the very end of the contest and a completed pass from Jackson Dart. BYU in position to make the tackle, the stop that ends the game. It came on a fourth down and six. It was a five-yard completion to Gary Bryant Jr., but uh, stop one yard shy of the line to gain, and BYU had the victory sealed. Ten wins on the year. Phenomenal stuff. To Twitter we go. Uh, Ryan Lundgreen using hashtag BYUCNN, says, BYU was able to reload this year after losing a lot of production from the 2020 team. What are the expectations going into 2022? If Tyler leaves, there will be big shoes to fill. And clearly the expectations are commensurate with the decision that Tyler Algier is going to make here at some point shortly as to whether he plays another year of college football or takes it to the next level. And for clearly, purely selfish reasons, I want him to have another year of college football. Um, I guess in part because he'll help the team, but also in part because um, he could – you know, set you know, be near or uh, set records that may not be touched again from BYU in a while. An All-American, a Heisman Trophy candidate, all these kinds of things would be possible for him next year. I think would be a great part of his college experience as well. But uh, he'll make a decision that he feels is his best interest, and we'll see where it takes him. But certainly, yeah. if if these was only two years as the number one RB, uh, what you know, what two phenomenal years they will have been as he puts himself uh, in in exclusive company with the best guys who've ever run the football at BYU.
3: And this is in no, my comments right now are in no way meant to dampen the phenomenality, if that's a word. (laughs) You said, you know, he's phenomenal. I agree. He's been phenomenal. But another year under this coaching staff, it's... He wouldn't be stagnant. He he would have a great opportunity to improve his chances of increasing a, of, of having a lengthy and complete career as an NFL running back by staying another year. I think a couple areas of his game where he could he could continue to round out. Look, this doesn't mean he's bad in these areas. It just means that there could be opportunities for improvement. I think he could become a bigger uh, threat in the passing game. Just work on his work on his route running. He's catching out of the backfield. Like I said, he's good. But but in the NFL, the more you are as a weapon there, the more versatile and and valuable you become to an organization. And secondly, look at the look at the last BYU great, and the reason why he's been able to sustain his career in the NFL. I'm speaking about Jamal Williams, is mm-hmm. his pass his pass protection ability, and in his ability to contribute to a team in other ways than having the ball handed off to him. I think uh, it's undoubted the capabilities that Tyler Algier has with the rock under his arm. But a running back is asked to do a lot more things than that. And uh, should he should he desire to play, I don't think it would be a, a wasted or a missed opportunity by not going and taking advantage of it. In fact, I think it could be a way for him to even elevate the, and increase the opportunities available to him at the next level.
2: And and most of the, uh, the really good NFL running backs, the guys with longer shelf lives who were also beasts in college... Had a lot of carries at the college level. Uh, Tyler just barely got over 400, and there are guys like I'll use Jonathan Taylor as an example. Derrick Henry, they'd be pushing 400 in a season, you know, and they'd do that multiple seasons. So Tyler's still relatively low on the carry number, relatively speaking, to the best in the NFL, and the guys are true beasts in college. So it's not like he's been carried out. He'd have a lot more carries still in the tank. um, That wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't be at all abnormal if he were to go another year. The number of carries would be actually low if he were to go right now, in terms of what the NFL was seeing. You know, how much production does he have? How many carries does he have? It's a low number. So, and most guys are, most of those guys I talked about, they were number one running backs for three years. Tyler's had two, you know. Again, an, another year as the number one RB would not be unusual. Most of these guys did have their three years. Now, they left as juniors, right? They would leave as juniors because that's what they could do. They had three great years, and then they would go. And Tyler would be kind of in the mix with those same kinds of numbers. And guys, would he, if he came back?
3: I, I don't want to... Uh... Who knows? Maybe someone gets mad at me, maybe they don't. But here, here's a thought I just had, and I hadn't had it until this moment. And so here you are, people, live on-air con- stream of consciousness uh, from Riley Nelson. But I wonder with Zach, and of course Zach has Zach's had some physical injuries, but you wonder if, if what... If, a year against P5, where last year he didn't face any P5 competition, and the caliber of player, he probably played against maybe one or two pros versus a schedule like this where he would have come out and had the ability to test his skills and t- and develop his, uh, you know. Uh, now granted, you're a number two pick. That's truly life. You know, you, f- you play out your first contract, and you're tr- truly set for life financially. But as far as development of a player, you wonder about – Anyway, I'd be interested to hear his take. Like maybe he could have avoided, or maybe the learning curve wouldn't have been as steep had he stayed another year, faced a little bit tougher competition. But, but you're, you're talking about going player.
2: from you're talking about going from two to one. Yeah. And that.
3: Yeah. Right. You don't improve your draft status. Right. But keep in mind, and like I said, when you're the number two overall pick, financially you're set for life. But I'm talking about for the overall betterment of your NFL career. The more, the more development. Anyway, and. We don't need well, to discuss but, this all in right. Nation. Now, all, all I'm saying is people think that, like, oh, of course he's going because he'd be dumb not to. You're not always dumb not to because you can work on your game, you can develop, and you can increase your odds of – Look, it's great to get that first contract. It's great to get paid four years. But to have that development to where you pick up that second contract and that third contract, and not only that, just the fact that you get to play longer, right? Like I, I look at dudes, uh, you know, like Kyle's still playing and he's not even close to slowing down, and that's because he's continued to develop and iterate on his game. And Anyway
2: yeah and uh you know on that note too um you know what what round valuation will he be given uh, yeah. by the nfl i mean arod said said on our show on on coordinator's corner that if you're not second or third, um you know you're probably better off coming back for another year and and again, it wouldn't be unusual. If a guy like Tyler got another year at college, again, even though his his clock's been ticking longer, there was a redshirt year, there was a linebacker year, there's a COVID year. In terms of being the man and picking up the carries and getting the production, he's relatively on the low scale of what a college player gets that becomes a great NFL running back. And beyond that, again, not that he'd be saying I'm doing this for an individual, um, you know, series of honors, but the Heisman thing, the All-America thing uh, is clearly in the mix. And BYU... They're a ranked football team, maybe even without Tyler, but with Tyler Algier and Jaron Hall back, and these other guys, and and Puka Nakua. I mean, that's that's a ranked football team from the start, and 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 where you start sometimes has a lot to say about where you finish, and 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 uh, there wouldn't be as much room to have to to go. To stay where BYU wants to be as a ranked team next year. So, a lot of reasons why just it, quickly, it, it could work out for the player and the team if it goes that way. I played devil advocate there. Whatever decision he makes, yeah. fully support I mean, I mean yeah. again, it would be no matter what, it, it would be understood, yeah. right? It would be understood. It wouldn't like be like, oh, what's he thinking? Yeah. He could say, hey, I've been out four years. Um, you know, you could always get hurt. There's all these th- I mean, Whatever he decides, he'll have a good reason for it. But if he were to come back, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world yeah. by any stretch. There are a number of reasons to say it makes a lot of sense. In And again, it's not just all about might get hurt gotta go now who knows in uh, additionally there are a number of players last year that went from BYU that thought they'd be on NFL teams this year that aren't um, and and I think a lot some of those guys might have thought oh, gosh what a great year this would have been to be a part of uh, if I could do it over again maybe some do think that um, and so certainly something to consider too that maybe the grass isn't always greener even though clearly he's a talent and uh, can make money at the next level all right having said all that before we get through this first segment, let's say hello once again to Mitchell Jurgens. Hi Mitch. Hi. So that was a, a bit of a scramble down there. It's it's a it's a great stadium. It's a it's a massive venue. And they put you through a wide tunnel that sticks you all the way back in the middle of nowhere. That sometimes it's tough to get things done. So, way to go in getting everyone out to where we could actually do it here on the field. So. Yeah, th-
5: this was an interesting stadium. Uh, <laughs> we, we've been in a, a couple where it is a little bit more difficult the further we get. With this stadium, I lost connection the minute, like 15 feet into the tunnel. And there was nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, everything is – I don't know how they built this thing, but everything <laughs> is just you, – you can only get signal if you're visibly seen out here. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, amazing stadium. It was fun to be down there.
2: Oh, good hustle. Uh, Ryan Lundgreen on uh, hashtag BYUCNN. It says, BYU football has been a lot of fun the last two years. What an exciting season, and the team really performed at a high level. BYU's rolling with a lot of momentum right now. Let's keep it going. And momentum is clearly uh, in BYU's favor. Brian Bertold, my buddy Brian, uh, asks about New Year's Six possibilities and Oregon losing in the Pac-12 championship game to Utah, should that happen. I'm, I'm not sure that I'm as worried about uh, Oregon. I kind of felt that when they lost to Utah, it took them out of the at-large mix. Um, that may or may not be the case eventually. I know that certainly if Utah wins again, it would. Is there a chance, do you guys, do you guys see a possibility of, uh, well, no, it wouldn't happen. Two Pac-12 no, teams, if, is that what you're saying? Yeah, it wouldn't, right? Because if Utah, or rather if, if Oregon defeats Utah in uh, the Pac-12 title game, Oregon would go to the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. and Utah would be going to a secondary bowl. If Utah beats Oregon, uh, Utah goes to the Rose Bowl, Oregon goes to a secondary bowl. So either way, the Pac-12 is only getting one team in the New Year's Six. Really, they're not, they're not. They're not. It's not to be worried about, right? That would be my thought. I mean,
5: <clears throat> yeah. It's, it was the Pac-12
2: is already out of the New Year Six conversation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know. Now that and now well, that you got. Oh, sorry. Well, could Oregon fight it with its way back into the playoff? No.
3: No, and, and talk about – I feel like there's other conferences with more – look at the Big 12. They've got Oklahoma who's out – who's only a two-loss Oklahoma who's outside of their conference championship game. Now you've got Ohio State who's outside of the Big 10 conference championship game. Michigan State beat Penn State again. So it, it, they were another, you know, high-profile team that are clamoring for spots in the Big 12. The, Taking them above a potential three lot, you know, three or a four-loss Pac-12 no. runner-up, it's not going to happen.
2: Yeah, the Pac-12, the Oregon Utah equation doesn't really factor into uh, the New Year's Six anymore. Um, uh, you know, Oklahoma State Baylor becomes the, the the game to watch, the game that has a, a distinct bearing on on BYU's uh, postseason destination. Steve Carter on Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN, says, talk about the Coliseum and everything about how everything about it compares to the places you've played and called games. Big House in Michigan, uh, Michigan State, uh, Austin, Lincoln, Nebraska, NFL venues, etc. Where does the Coliseum kind of rank for you guys and stack up in terms of venues we've been to? It's up there uh, for me. I mean, you listed all those stadiums.
5: I actually played in all of them except Nebraska, but I was there at the game um, when uh, BYU took down Nebraska. Uh, I I mean, it's it's up there at the top. I think um, one that's not mentioned on there, what I think was – probably one of the prettiest stadiums was the Rose Bowl, mm. um, UCLA. The, 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 thing that I loved about it was the Rose Bowl had their grass was the softest grass I'd ever played on. Um, this field, I mean, it was, it was a nice grass. It didn't compare to UCLA. I don't know if that's because it's late in the season. Um, it's a little bit harder to get the, um, to gra- the grass as flush as it is early in the season. But, uh, um, as far as stadium, it's it's up there at the top. This is just one of those, when when I think of college football, this is one of the stadiums I think of I grew up watching. You know, the, in the 2006 season, um, being from Houston, I was a big Texas fan, and so the, the Vince Young-Reggie Bush rivalry was fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely up there at the top. Riley? Uh,
3: my dad did some post graduate uh, education at usc and so we've always kind of been quasi usc fans but i text them during the game i go it's kind of sad to think i don't know if this place will ever be full again <laughs> like you know for two reasons one can usc make their way back and two this generation man i like i'm sorry i look the venue was awesome and the, Olymp- the fact that it was olympics and all that stuff but man give me give me like Old Miss that's kind of, it wasn't a super impressive stadium, but it was, but it's packed, you know, for a middle of the road SEC school and fans that, have fa- fans that have fashion, fans that have passion, live it and love it over this kind of fair weather LA attitude where, like, oh, there's a better party down the street than, that we're going to. So, as much as the venue and I love the stadium and, and the architecture and all that stuff and the, and the history that accompanies with it, as far as actually being here for a game, uh, extremely underwhelmed at the uh, a Trojan nation and their support of this football team, even though they're struggling.
2: Yeah, the venue in and of itself is legendary, but the environment lacks when the crowd is as spread out as it was and and you know relatively sparse compared to the capacity. But uh, I mean,
3: L- I, LSU was LSU had a sold out. You know, they're not their season's pretty much done, but they had a sold out final home game and beat upset number 15 Texas A&M and coach. You know, it's I don't know.
2: But I want to amend what I just said by saying to have this many visiting fans yeah. in this venue. BYU brought environment. BYU brought vibe. BYU brought energy that wouldn't have been here otherwise um, and hasn't been here otherwise. And so, uh, again, the only thing that that takes it, you know, away from these other venues, those other places that that were mentioned by Steve in the tweet were places that had, you know, near full houses. Um, And and that changes a lot about the environment. And even the NFL stadiums, uh, Allegiant Stadium was as good as it It may, may not have been a true sellout, but that was as charged an atmosphere and fun a night as we've had calling football. And, uh, and that was an NFL venue, too. So uh, this is up there in one ways and kind of lacking in other ways tonight. But that takes nothing away from what BYU and BYU fans and Cougar Nation brought to the experience tonight. Because when BYU would score or make a big play, uh, the roar was uh, you know clearly and, uh, and, and immeasurably in BYU's favor. Uh, matching that, anything USC might bring on its big place tonight as well. Let's take a break. We'll come back to more BYU Creamery. Cougar Nation now continues. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. Greg and Riley and Mitch here in L.A. on the new skin, BYU Sports
0: You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
2: Welcome back to Los Angeles, California. Let's take a break for 10 seconds to pause for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio.
2: All right, so welcome back to the Coliseum. Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson, Mitchell Juergens with you. BYU Creamery. Cougar Nation now, hashtag BYUCNN. Our good friend uh, Cougar Chaps on Twitter says, Dallin Holker picking up the ball fumbled by Tyler Algier reminded me, he says, of the amazing play Tyler made against Arizona State. with The Cougs finding a way to win. Ten wins requires that. And let us not forget that in BYU's go-ahead touchdown drive, Tyler Algier had a run from the BYU 45, got to the USC 47, and the ball is knocked loose, fumbled by Algier. Dallin Holker picks it up and rumbles for 22 additional yards, which is why Riley uh, brought up humorously to Dallin. Did you know you could get 22 rushing yards without a carry, uh, without getting a handoff? And that's basically what happened. Dallin Holker saved the play, may have saved the game, and may have saved no loss November, all in one split second.
3: Again, it should be memorialized in Legacy Hall, at (laughs) least. Or at least on someone's Instagram or Twitter account.
2: Riley wants a plaque for everything that happened tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cougar Chaps added, "Uh, New Year's Six not needed to validate this season for BYU football, even though deserving. Do you agree, he says? Question mark. I agree.
5: Uh, I mean, 10 wins uh, with that schedule. uh, I mean, if you asked anybody preseason, that BYU with the schedule they had would go ten and two. Ten, ten, I mean,
2: ten before a po- ten before a bowl game. Exactly, exactly.
5: Yeah. In the regular season, I, I mean, I don't know any BYU fan that would say it's not not good enough, right? Um, so absolutely, I mean, this was an incredible season. Five power five wins out of the six. Um, no six, no, power, six five power five wins, five wins out, out of, the, of seven. the seven. I mean, just just remarkable. It's it's an incredible season, and and. W- even after the 10 wins, we're like, Ugh, if only we beat Boise, gosh. Yeah, no, um, think about it. You
2: know, w- w- without a but, couple of giveaways in that game, BYU's already locked in essentially to the New Year's Six. Yeah, but
5: even then, I mean, this is – it's been fun to watch. You heard a lot of the players, uh, you know, talking about in the post game that, I mean, this has just been a special season. 10 wins is 10 wins. Um, but, I mean, there are not, in the last little bit, not too many 10-win seasons, regular season, 10-win seasons, and um, – I mean, absolutely. It's for me validated. You hope now. You just your hands are in the um, or BYU's bowl game postseason here is just in the hands of others. Yeah, we'll see what they say, but um, it's 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 been a great run.
3: I said it earlier. No longer will we be in this situation. That's what makes this year different about uh, about uh, pr- past years. Is no, we don't have the continued frustration of oh man, independent. When we ever? The the end is known and the, and it will soon be here and so to me that uh, the the season was already validated and it should also lessen the level of frustration
2: and and the great thing about it additionally is in, in the build up to Big Twelve BYU's been in the November New Year Six discussion for two years in a row you know they're already being talked about as a team that you can discuss at this time of year with the New Year Six and then they'll they'll just have more access to it moving forward but what a great transition ramp up lead in uh, to the league. And uh, um, you brought it up before, uh, Riley. I think you you talked about how TCU and and Utah, they didn't have the transition time. They didn't know what was happening until it happened, essentially. And it was a little more difficult to go from maybe Mountain West to to Pac-12, Mountain West to Big 12, and succeed immediately. The transition from Independent to Big 12... Has been made easier by the virtue of the schedule. BYU's been able to and sought out to play in these last number of years, and this is the this is the best prep for Big 12 play seven P5s, uh, and and if you can beat beat six P5s of of your seven, you can certainly compete in the Big 12 the minute you join the league.
3: Yeah, and with three recruiting classes that are you're going to be recruiting on the news of Big Twelve this year, next year, and then the and then the class leading into uh, eventually joining it. So look, it's not going to be it's not going to be perfect. Meaning like we're not going to step in there and expect to win the conference four out of the first five years or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're going to be respectable. We're not going to be worried about floundering at the
2: bottom. Okay, uh, CFP note quickly. Uh, Wisconsin was right behind BYU in the CFP, and they lost today, correct? Texas A&M two spots behind, BYU lost. So the two teams immediately behind BYU lost. Iowa three spots behind one, but then then again, BYU just won at USC. So the Cougars are going to get value for their win. They shouldn't be passed up by somebody three spots back who just won a game because BYU went on the road as well. Um, Michigan State just ahead of BYU, defeated Penn State. Oregon defeated Oregon State. Uh, They're two spots ahead, but not in the New Year's Six consideration for an at-large. Oklahoma, that's the big question. Uh, Oklahoma from 10, do they drop below BYU 12? I mean, do they drop Uh, below BYU 13?
3: Unfortunately, you talked about – where you start the season oftentimes has bearing on where you finish. Mm-hmm. I think because of Oklahoma and what they've been in the recent past and where they started this year, I think the committee looks at them and goes two loss, two loss. Well, Oklahoma is better.
2: So you could see Oklahoma. You could see BYU staying at 13 is what you're saying, on yeah. on on Tuesday yeah. in the next rankings. Yep. So the only way BYU can move would be probably a one-spot move to 12 if OU went from 10th to I 13th. I mean, unless
3: they really don't like OU. OU's yeah. losses I mean, when, are to Baylor when and, and OU then OU Oklahoma lost, State.
5: When OU lost their ah, first, they did they dropped how many spots it was like I know. 8 9 spots I
3: know but that here's the problem look at the, uh, it's the it comes back to the Boise because yeah. you look and they are like oh they lost to number 7 Oklahoma state and they lost to number what's Baylor 11
2: right now Baylor's an 8
3: uh, yeah number 8 Baylor so it's like two top 10 losses yeah. versus we have a top 10 loss but then we also have a Boise state team that barely made bowl I nobody.
2: think Oklahoma the way they were handled by Baylor that day was also quite a shock to people I, th- I think yeah. people I think that was reflected in the ranking as well was just how thoroughly Baylor handled Oklahoma that day, and Oklahoma State uh, didn't win as handily as uh, as what Baylor did uh, today. Um, should we get to our trivia? Let's do it. Okay, uh, we have two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice, cre- ice cream coming up for the correct answer to our trivia question. is brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. It's uh, it's 2:07 in the morning Mountain Time, so clearly there are lots of people still with us. All right, um, BYU won a game today. You know what? My buddy Jake, our spotter Jake, had a great trivia question, and I like it, but I'm wondering if I can do it one better. If I can do it one better. I can. Here we go. and No one's going to get it. It's a problem. It's 2 in the morning, and no one's going to get the answer. So if I give a question that's too hard at 2 in the morning, what's the purpose? All we're doing is, all we're doing is keeping ice cream for I'll ourselves.
3: In, well, I'll pitch in at a third a car- third pint. Or is it pint, carton, What? You heard we give out the ice <laughs> half cream? Gallon. It's a half a third gallon. Third half gallon of ice cream. All right,
2: I'll, I'll make it easier. This is what people will get, I think. Um, so, BYU lost while well, minus two in the turnover margin tonight. When did, prior to tonight, which team did BYU last beat with a negative turnover margin? So, before tonight, BYU wanted a minus two. When did BYU last win a game, or who did BYU beat? with a negative turnover margin. That's your question. I was going to ask, who was the last team BYU beat with a minus 2, when they had a minus 2? I have the answer to that one too, but it's harder. So, last time BYU finished minus in the margin and still won the game, who did they beat? That's our question. It may still be too hard, in which case we keep the ice cream. Hashtag BYUCNN is the hashtag you need to use. So you use the hashtag BYUCNN, give me your response, and the first correct answer to cross my timeline wins two half gallons, a famous BYU creamery ice cream. The team before tonight, before tonight at USC, the last team BYU beat while putting up a minus turnover margin in the process. That's the question. Answer next on the New Skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the New Skin, BYU Sports Network.
2: All right, it's our wrap-up segment of today's broadcast and our wrap-up segment of BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now, hashtag BYUCNN. So, spoiler alert, we got the correct answer, and we got it pretty quickly. And the guy that got it is a guy that you'd think probably would get it, you know, all things being equal, because Cougar Stats was the first guy to correctly submit that Troy in 2020 was the last team BYU beat with a negative turnover margin. That's true. He got it. By the letter of the law, he wins the ice cream, even though he is a guru. But he is even in though, no way affiliated. Though,
3: he has no official no, position with the university. No. I, I, I couldn't, this is I, a guy that just – the, the handle Cougar Stats was available. He chose it <laughs> and has chosen to dedicate his free personal time to putting out Cougar Stats out there and in no way has any insider information in the university. Fair game in my opinion.
2: Rules are rules. Yes. And again, just because he Listeners, has, I
3: wish you could be in the box and see the <laughs> angst that was on that was going coursing through Greg's veins as he was deciding whether or not to give it to Cougar Stats because of it might be seen as an unfair advantage.
2: If Cougar Stats were to were to like DM me right now and say, "Greg, bro, it's all right, man, give it to someone else," I would give it to someone else. But he's won the ice cream by 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 all by all um, regulations that we've invoked. It's got to be his.
3: And by the way, this is his first win. Who did we give it to? There was one guy that won it like three weeks in a row or something. Well, I, I don't know if that
2: actually happened, but uh, we we have had repeat winners, but I yeah. don't think Cougar. No, stats not
3: maybe not three weeks in a row, yeah. but Cougar. He's a first-time winner as far as my knowledge. yep yeah. So let's, again, just be,
2: just because he has. Uh, you know, more more databases than uh, a box of spaghetti has spaghetti in it. Um, Maybe this
3: will spawn like competing accounts. Cougarstats yeah.
5: underscore or Cougar underscore stats.
2: Clearly, he's only in this to win ice cream. Um, he wants so he
5: wants that Graham Canyon ice cream. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, congrats to Cougarstats is what we have to say. He was first in with the correct answer of Troy. Now, there were others who guessed Troy. They just came in after after Cougarstats. So, but again, I, oh, <laughs> I have a DM. Yeah. this is great this is the response I hope he's okay with me sharing this this is his DM to me that came in moments ago I'm keeping it (laughs) because because it's the only time my kids will think I'm cool for doing this stat stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, it's hard-earned ice cream, and you will indeed be. Your kids may
3: not think you're cool, (laughs) but there are thousands, if dare I say tens of thousands of Cougar fans out there (laughs) that think you're cool and appreciate the work you do for us on Twitter.
2: Well, he does great work for Cougar Nation, so this is a just reward uh, for his time spent for sure. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cougar Stats wins it uh, fair and square. So congrats to Cougar Stats. And I'll be uh, DMing him and uh, getting information from him so we can uh, get it out to his home. Because the BYU Creamery delivers. They will deliver. All right. So everyone gets their ice cream. So way to go. Uh, yes, Cougar Stats. Uh, the, question was going to, the tougher question was going to be, when did BYU last win with a minus two in the turnover margin? And that answers Liberty in 2019. And there were some Liberty guesses as well on the question. So nice. Uh, I, I, th- I think a nice representation for, you know, 2 in the morning or 1 in the morning or 3 in the morning or 4, or wherever you are, uh, for hangi- well, hanging out with Well, those people
3: tonight. in Hawaii that have it easy. Though. Yeah, it's, it's uh, not yeah. even midnight yet for yeah. them.
2: They're, they're, they're totally uh, still, uh, you know, living it up. Yeah, they're in the prime. Absolutely. All right, well, that'll do it for the broadcast, I think, tonight. Um, anything else we need to cover? We talked about Tyler Algier and his NFL prospects. We talked about who needs to lose in the uh, uh, CFP picture. Uh, we gave away ice cream.
3: Prayers up for Isaac Rex.
2: Prayers up for Isaac Rex and his injury. Um, and 10-2 uh, and 2 for the 16th time in program history. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, I I, I, I deleted the tweet on, on Twitter because I was wrong about it, but I should apologize to the listening audience as well about uh, misstating the sack number. I had said earlier, like earlier, earlier, that BYU didn't uh, allow any sacks tonight, but they did allow one sack on the intentional grounding. Uh, that was reflected officially in the in the stats as a sack, so they did have one against them. So we took care of that as well.
5: Oh, and I know this was discussed, but the win secured the no-loss November.
2: No-loss November was a big discussion point on your way up uh, uh-huh. from field level. But we ran through all the records of the teams that uh, did not lose, and it, it, it's just phenomenal, right? Um, women's soccer six and zero, including a Final Four berth for the first time. Yep. Women's volleyball seven and zero, undefeated conference championship. Women's basketball, 7-0, and just beat two ranked teams. They'll be ranked. Men's basketball, 6-0, and beat a ranked team. They're going to stay ranked. And football, 3-0, and they're still ranked, top 15 CFP. Not a single loss, 29-0 and in the month of November with all of those teams. That's insane stuff. Come on, December.
5: <laughs>
9: keep it going.
2: <laughs> so the no-loss November was uh, truly um, a remarkable moment in Cougar Athletics history, and the moments continue as they just keep on rolling, hopefully into and deep into the month of December. So fantastic. And I will be heading out to Santa Clara with the women's soccer team. I'll have the uh, calls of hopefully two Final Four games, at least the one on Friday night. We'll see where it takes them from there. And then Jason Shepard will be out to do basketball at Missouri State in Springfield on the weekend, as I'll be sticking with soccer this next week. And then we will not do this again, guys, until sometime somewhere in December, maybe January. Oh. hmm. A lot would have to happen, but, hey, a lot's already happened. Has it not? That's right. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the best scoreboard-watching day today, but still another week of games, and you never know what will happen next week that uh, maybe puts BYU in a good spot. But all the Kooks could have done, Mitch and Riley, is what they did, which is win 10 against a 7-P-5 schedule and, uh, and look good in doing it. And so, hey, yeah, you want to have back a couple plays against Boise State. You'd love to be the 11-1 team already locking up a New Year's 6 berth but you really can't sneeze at 10 and 2.
3: I mean, it's the least the NCAA could do for giving our women's soccer team, uh, they're giving their opponent a home game in, in the, the Final fun. Four. Yeah. The <laughs> least they could do is lobby to get us into a New Year's Six as some kind of penance or retribution.
2: Okay, let's also look back and rationalize one more time here. Um, Arizona State, that was a game that might have gone the other way if Tyler Algier doesn't make that one play. Is that yeah. fair to say? The, oh, way yeah. the way things were going in that game. Or could their
5: 18 penalties. Yeah. Shout out
2: Cougar Nation. Right. False starts. So let's say Arizona State was a game that might have gone the other way. That was a grind for BYU. This game here, BYU was down late, needed a late touchdown to win it. So there were a couple games that you could argue.
3: Can I be petty? Yeah. If you talk to any Utah fan, had we played them any other week, that game would have gone the other way. But it didn't, so so oh maybe well. so maybe ten and two, <laughs> bad. maybe
2: maybe ten and two is what BYU is and was this year. And then you simply throw ten and two out there and say, let's see what the committee thinks of it. Bill
3: Parcells,
2: you, you are what your record, what says, your you record are. says you are. Your record says you are. BYU is ten and two, which and t- is pretty and ten and two good. ain't bad. Nope, that's darn good. All right, back to back double digit win seasons for BYU football. One more year of independence. And then Big 12 football is coming your way. Well, that's going to end our day, our broadcast day here for Cougar Nation. It's just past uh, 2.15 in the morning in the Pacific to- in the Pacific time zone. It's 1.20 in the morning, and we are saying good night. Let's thank our crew back at BYU Radio. Andrew Hare and Tanner Graff, our control board operators. Terry South, our very busy coordinating producer. Not a lot of helping hands with Terry uh, tonight back home. So Terry was uh, uh, doing so much With three games uh, going on essentially concurrently, um, uh, Terry can take a few days off as far as I'm concerned. That was a crazy day for Terry. Uh, Sean O'Neill as well, a part of the crew back at BYU Radio. Our hosts in the studio, Ben Bagley for football, And Cleon Wall for basketball. I think that, well, of course the engineers, Barry Squires and Sean Fay. That covers the crew back at BYU Radio. The HQ for getting us and keeping us on the air on a crazy busy day with soccer, basketball, and football all going on at the same time. And BYU fans able to hear all those games concurrently and or broadcast, pregame, et cetera. Uh, Fantastic stuff. And technology was our friend. And yet we needed a lot of people to push all the right buttons and make sure it got to you, our listeners. And so thanks to the crew back in Provo. Our crew here at uh, L.A., our booth engineer, Michael Wimmer, our broadcast assistant and intern, Bryce Noakes, our statistician, Ralph Sokolowski, our spotter, uh, Jake Murphy, our thanks to the BYU Media Relations crew, Duff Tittle, Kenny Cox, Brett Pine, thanks to Kalani and Dallin Holker and Max Tooley and Samson Nakua for popping on with us on postgame, part of a very comprehensive broadcast day. And that leaves only the guys with the headsets on, so for the guy to my far left, Riley Nelson, and to my near left, Mitchell Juergens, my name is Greg Rubel. Thanking you for tuning in to BYU football. The Cougars defeat the Trojans at the Coliseum, BYU's first ever win in this venerable venue. The final score was 35-31. to 31. And thank you for being a part of a no-loss November with us on the radio. So I am Greg Rubel, saying in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU football. On the new skin, BYU sports network good night and so long from los angeles you
0: have been listening to live coverage of byu football on the new skid byu sports network coverage of today's game has been brought to you by mountain america credit union mountain america the official credit union of byu athletics also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. BYU Football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Keith Vorkink, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and Associate Athletic Director of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stoffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.